Rowan was not the only one to succumb to emotion and passion. My fall began, as many stories do, with a girl. A girl named Megan Chase, the half-human daughter of our ancient rival, the Summer King. Fate brought us together, and despite everything I did to shield my emotions, despite the laws of our people and the war with the Iron Fae and the threat of eternal banishment from my home, I still found myself falling for her. Our paths were woven together, our fates intertwined, and before the last battle I swore I would follow her to the end of the world, to protect her from all threats, including my own kin, and to die for her, if called to do so. I became her knight, and would have gladly served this girl, this mortal who had captured my heart, until the last breath left my body. But fate is a cruel mistress, and in the end our paths were forced apart, as I'd feared they would be. Megan became the Iron Queen, as was her destiny, and took the throne in the kingdom of the Iron Fae, a place I could not follow, not as I am, a fairy creature whose essence weakens and burns at the touch of iron. Megan herself exiled me from the lands of the Iron Fae, knowing that staying would kill me, knowing I would try anyway. But before I left, I swore an oath that I would find a way to return, that someday we would be together, and nothing would separate us again. Mab tried to convince me to return to the Winter Court. I was her only prince now, and it was my duty to come home but I bluntly stated that I was no longer part of the unseely court, that my service to her and Winter was at an end. There is nothing more terrible than a spurned fairy queen, particularly if you defy her a second time. I escaped the winter court with my life intact, but just barely, and I won't be returning any time soon. Regardless, I feel little regret at turning my back on my queen, my kith, and my home. That part of my life is done. My loyalty and my heart belongs to another queen now. I promised I'd find a way for us to be together. I intend to keep that promise. Even if it means trekking through a sprawling, deadly marsh in search of a rumor. Even if it means putting up with my fiercest and most annoying rival, Robin Goodfellow, who, despite all his attempts to hide it, is in love with my queen as well. I don't know why I haven't killed him yet. Maybe because Puck is Megan's closest friend, and she would mourn him terribly if he were gone, though I can't understand why. Or maybe deep down, I'm tired of being alone. In any case, it matters little. With every ruin we search, every dragon we slay, or every rumor we unearth, I'm one step closer to my goal. Even if it takes a hundred years, I will be with her in the end. Another piece of the puzzle lurks somewhere in this dreary swampland. The only difficulty lies in finding it. Thankfully, despite Puck's constant griping and complaining, the Jabberwocks decided not to see what the racket was about and come stalking through the marsh to find us. That was just as well, because it took nearly the whole night to find what we were looking for. At the edge of a scummy pond stood a house, faded and gray like everything else.
A picket fence made of bleached white bones surrounded it, naked skulls topping the posts, and a few scraggly chickens milled about in what passed as a yard. The hut was old and wooden, creaking faintly, though there was no wind. The most unusual thing, however, wasn't the house itself, but what held it up. It stood on a pair of massive bird legs, gnarled and yellow, blunt talons digging into the mud. The legs were crouched low, as if sleeping, but every so often they shifted restlessly, causing the whole house to shudder and groan. We're here, Buck sang softly. And can I say that the old gal hasn't gotten any less creepy than when I saw her last? I narrowed my eyes at him. Just shut up and let me do the talking this time.